Hello again and welcome to another edition of the Coach's Corner Podcast. My name is Joe Greenwich and I am joined by St. Joseph's baseball head coach Fritz Hamburg here to talk about the 2023 season that is just about upon us. Coach, thanks for coming by. Absolutely, Joe. Excited to be here. Excited to be uh, ready to start the season up. Later this week, you guys are heading down to Duke to start the year. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about the schedule, what fans can expect to see on the field, who fans can expect to see on the field. But first, you guys just had your your leadoff dinner to kind of honor the accomplishments of last year's team and also kind of set the stage for this year. Uh, You know, you guys had some pretty good accomplishments over the last few years, especially last year. Uh, It was the first time that the Hawks have made the A-10 postseason two years in a row. Uh, first time making the conference postseason two years in a row in 40 years. Uh, Ian McColl threw a no-hitter last year. Andrew Cassetti broke some records, RBIs, home runs. He was drafted by the Minnesota Twins. On the whole, it's as something you do every year, what does that event mean to you and the program? And then when you look at those individual accomplishments, how important is it to you to be able to honor those guys in that way, considering that by the time baseball season ends, the school year's over and everybody starts to go their separate ways? Sure. Yeah, I mean, the event itself has been uh, a great event for us. I think it's really important to find ways to bring the alumni back. And as you indicated, uh, the the senior group doesn't really get a send off at the end of the at the end of the season because we're we're finished, and then guys are heading out to play summer ball. Uh, so it's a nice way to celebrate their careers, uh, celebrate the season before. And, and bring, bring guys back and to stay connected with the program. So it's a, it's a terrific event. Uh, obviously this year, um, you know, with Harry Booth passing, uh, was a great celebration of, of his time uh, as a Hawk and all he meant to us and our program, uh, as well as his family and his wife. And uh, it's nice to be able to also induct new you know, players into our Hall of Fame. So um, it's a it's a great event. I'm really thrilled that we have continued to have it. I think uh, the first year was 2010, um, and I arrived here. Uh, first season was 2009. So uh, most appreciative, and really uh, think it's terrific bringing all the uh, the alums back. One of the things you guys do every year is, is introduce the new team, and, and everyone gets to see you know the familiar faces of those juniors and seniors, but also a lot of freshmen, maybe a lot of sophomores that. They haven't played. You have a, a mix of, of that every year, but especially it seems like this year with having we mentioned Andrew Cassetti, Ian McCole, Brendan Hewitt, guys like that that have graduated and moved on. And obviously, you know what your roster makeup is going to be from year to year when you're recruiting uh, and trying to you know put together a class. But how much do you focus on trying to have that mix every year? Or, you know, is it one of those things where you're thinking, all right, well, you know, this year we're going to have eight guys leaving. We want to make sure that we have eight or nine guys coming in. Or is it, you know what, if we only have six or seven guys we want, then we'll deal with that when we come to it. Right. I think um, the number coming in has varied tremendously uh, due to the fact that we've had so many of our, our senior players uh, return for their fifth year with, with the COVID uh, um, right piece so you know from that standpoint we've I think done a, a, a really good job of filling in I know a lot of teams are relying on the portal right now um, and that's we haven't really had to do that because we've remained an older group because of our guys coming back um, so I think that that has really helped us and kind of skewed with respect to 
pre-COVID, the number of guys that we have brought in. So, you know, the next, you know, this year and next year is going to probably be uh, bigger classes that we do need to fill in. But it, it's been a challenge from the standpoint the guys that we've recruited um, over the last couple of years have had to live with the COVID effects and uh, guys that were recruited before then we're hoping, you know, some of them were certainly hoping to see playing time beforehand, but we've had a good nucleus of guys return, and that has helped with our success. Uh, obviously, you know, last year we had Liam Bendo stick around for a fifth year. Um, Jake Arts was back for another year. Tim Cavanaugh, Brandon Hewitt, Ryan Devine, Ian McColl, Noel Weber. So the, there's right there is eight guys that, that – would have typically graduated or or not been here, and uh, you know to have those guys back was great from the experience standpoint, but it, it makes it a little bit challenging for the younger guys, and I think we're about we're we're, we're working through that where some of these younger guys are now going to see a bit more time on the field. Obviously, playing time like you can't replace playing time, like taking taking swings in a cage or doing bullpen sessions, they're good, but but they don't they don't quite replicate that. Sort of thing, but when you when you have such a, a veteran and experienced nucleus like, like you talked about, all those guys that have graduated, and a couple of them still here, d- does that help in a different way? Kind of bring the younger guys along because they're exposed to, you know, kind of a cliche way to put it, but like this is how we do it in this program. Like they they are ready to hit the ground running when the time comes and their name is called. Y- y- that's what you hope for. Um, I, I think that that has a lot to do with the leadership of the older group and how much they engage the younger guys. And for as much as we we encourage that and we, we try to push that, it has to be real. And I think last year's group, um, you know, we had some outstanding leaders uh, with that group to pull the younger guys along. And typically that's the way it is during the year. Um, the fall is always great because everybody's out there playing and we're inter-squatting and you know, when we get to the season, then it gets a little bit different because not everybody travels, not everybody's playing. And so keeping that group connected and making sure that our, our team culture and what we're about um, <clears throat> stays at the top of the list. And so it, it's definitely a challenge. I know this year's group has done a terrific job with our incoming guys. Um, certainly feel the connectedness with this group. And um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see We'll see that as the season progresses here. But that's a, that's a major part for us um, to make sure that our culture stays intact throughout the year. And one of those things that, that those guys see is, is the number of guys that have gone on to play professionally coming out of here. Like, obviously, you know, there are, there are, there are probably preconceived notions about what you have to do to get to pro ball. And then these guys come in here and they say, well, you know what? I can get drafted here. I can go on and play pro ball. And these are the guys that are going to be my role models. You're going to look at, you know, you look at Jimmy Yacobonis, you see Tim Brennan, you see Andrew Cassetti in recent years. How, how much have you seen that impact on the younger guys and maybe the guys that you're recruiting uh, when they think about coming to St. Joe's? Yeah, we've we've had a lot of uh, you know a lot of success that way. The players that have come through the program, obviously, uh, this past season we had Jimmy Yacobonis up with uh, Miami and Tampa, um, and he's now with the Mets. Uh, we had Brian O'Keefe break through uh, after uh, a long minor league career. We couldn't have been happier for him uh, jumping in with Seattle and getting his first hit and and being part of their playoff clinching series at the end of the year. Um, 
So, you know, and not, not to, to miss anybody. I mean, I think we have Hayden Sieg and Jordan DiValerio and now Andrew, and we have Dion still playing. we got Timmy Brennan at uh, AA with uh, Texas. And so we've had quite a few guys come through through the years, and that absolutely is an important part of our development. As those guys bounce around, they come through, they come back to practice, uh, you know, during the off season, and um, you know, our players see that. And having guys playing professionally uh, is a real thing. And so for for our players to know that you know this program has produced guys that have moved along. I think is a is a big driving force, um, you know, f- from the recruiting end and also from our development end within the program. Well, let's just jump right into it. Uh, every year we always talk about your projected opening day lineup. Opening day coming up on Friday. Who do you see taking the field on opening day for the Hawks in in, in the lineup one through nine? I think this is a real a real credit to this year's outfield, but I think this outfield is a very special group. Um, obviously, we lost uh, Brendan Hewitt last year, who had a terrific career, and Jake Arts, who was here uh, and played uh, quite a bit through his career. Uh, but I think, you know, we, we obviously have Brett Callahan back, uh, who hit leadoff and has started pretty much since day one for us, um, who had a great year last year and had a great summer. Um, Conlon Wall, who played... Um, Played a fair amount last year due to some injuries that we had, so he's got certainly game experience, but he'll he'll start in center for us, and he's a terrific defensive outfielder, uh, and just is a is a um, a rally starter. He's he's quick. He he plays the game hard and plays it the right way. And then uh, Ryan Piccolo, who was out last year with an injury, so he returns. And then we've got Ryan Cesarini, who's uh, had had a fair amount of, of at-bats last year, but really has developed over the uh, course of last year and this summer and the fall. And, uh, you know, Adam Fine and, and Nick Sr. out there as well. So our outfield is, is in great shape. Obviously, we need to stay healthy, but I think it's a very dynamic group. Uh, from the infield standpoint, uh, we're fortunate to have Nate Thomas back for a fifth year. Uh, Nate sat in the middle of the lineup since he's been here and, um, you know, had a, had a great year for us last year. I think he had 56 RBIs or 58, and he had 18 home runs. You know, he's just a, a solid force in the infield for us. Uh, you know, in the, in the middle, we've got a lot of really good athletes. Uh, Luca Trigiani will return at short, uh, and Max Hitman is right there as well. Uh, and Max will be bouncing over at second. Uh, he's had some really great game experience. Uh, he knows how to play the game. is 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 very solid. And um, you know, and then we've got Cam Walker, uh, Ryan Weingartner, freshman, and we've got Colin Meyer. So all five of those guys, um, you know, are really uh, very versatile. I mean, obviously Luca provides a lot of leadership for us in the middle. He's been out there quite a bit. His game has really, really developed, and uh, excited that he's he's back, and we've got him sitting out there. So, um, and then at first, I mean, we have Brandon Drapeau, who who, who started uh, last year and played most of the innings. Uh, Luke Zimmerman returns from an injury, um, and um, Luke will be in there. He's an outstanding defender, uh, gives us a left-handed bat as well, and then Paul Kokel, uh, who's over there, also a left-handed power bat. So we've got some options. You know, if need be, but uh, I think that's the way the infield is going to look. I feel good about the fact that we've got a lot of experience returning, 
um, and mature, and we've got leadership out there, which we're going to need uh, because the catching position is very in, you know, inexperienced for us with Andrew having played the bulk of the innings the last uh, few years. Um, the catchers are, are inexperienced, and you know they, they know their job is to be the best defensive catcher, work our pitching staff. The hitting is a bonus. Um, but I think right now uh, I would say that we've got a battle um, you know, with Carter Jagiela, who's a freshman, and Justin Igo. I see those guys starting it out. Uh, I think Travis Rinker has had a, a, a fairly solid preseason, and Jake Reed, who's a left-handed stick, who came in from California, junior college, uh, Cypress out there. You know, is battling as well, and then Dean Dean Bergman is is in there as well. Um, you know, and his his bat I think will play a little bit more than right. You know what 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 uh, his defense is, but he's working hard to be in the mix there. So we've got plenty of options and depth that way. We just don't have the experience behind the plate. But I think Pat um, Brownie, uh, our pitching coach, is doing a terrific job getting them up to speed and and understanding what the pitching staff. Uh, what their strengths and what they need to do. We talk to a lot of coaches, and and they talk about oh, a good problem to have having you know so many quality players that, that are working hard and getting the job done, and only so many spots to find. I, I feel like in, in baseball, the way that the game is, you know, you're playing almost every day. There's 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 we'll say a lot of at bats to go around, but you have the opportunity. Like on opening weekend, you're going to play three games. You could start three different guys, see who's doing well. But I feel like the one position where you probably wish you had more certainty was the one where you don't behind the plate. And how quickly do you think that that, that needs to come together, or, or would you want that to come together, or are you able to go into you know into March and into April like, hey, we've got two or three guys that deserve to play and are doing a great job, and we're going to do that, or are you like, we, we're going to try to settle on one? No, I, I see this year being more uh, probably two, um, mm-hmm. you know, but like I've told the guys, I mean, somebody's got to win the position or somebody's, and, and right now we're still kind of we're still trying to figure that out. Nobody, nobody, in my opinion, has emerged to be the clear front runner yet. And um, you know, that's that. And, and quite frankly, uh, that goes for all of them. I mean, they should be competing every single day um, and never be comfortable, whether it's behind a plate or a- any other position. So, um, you know, they, they've got to scrap. They've got to play hard. They've got to play smart. And and um, you know, I think that from that standpoint. I don't know that anybody's going to be prepared to handle a full season one guy. And um, I know we were lucky that Andrew stayed healthy last year, but uh, and Travis jumped in. He was he was got innings, and Justin got a few innings. So they've had a few, but um, you know I'm I'm we're working hard back there with those guys, and and I think that they understand. They know the, the significance of their you know their responsibility with respect to the team and how important their role is. So they're pushing, but they they've got to just find their rhythm and find their game. And um, you know I'm I'm confident that that will happen. How quickly I don't know, um, but you know it it'll probably take a few few weekends to iron that out and. Uh, I'm glad that we have the front of the season to do that. You started to talk about the pitching staff. We mentioned Ian McColl earlier. He has departed Noah Weber, Ryan Devine. Who do you see as the guys that are going to step up and, and fill those innings? Who 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 are going to be in those big roles? You know, your, your weekend rotation, you know, the back end of your bullpen. 
if you've already got an idea of how that's going to unfold, obviously, you know, things change in a minute. But, but how, how do you see the pitching staff unfolding as you get ready for the season? From what we've seen since we started the fall and worked through, I think this is the deepest pitching staff that we've had with the best velocity. Uh, secondary stuff is coming together for a lot of them, and we're very pleased to date with the progress that we've made. Uh, if you go back and look throughout the years, we typically have anywhere from 9 to 10, 10 and a half um, pitchers that log 20 or more innings. Um, I was actually talking to one of our players yesterday about it and looking back and uh, remembering that our best years, we had starters that went, you know, we had two starters that would go 80 plus, you know, innings. And uh I think in 2012, we had Kyle Mullen at 105 and Alex Prater at 95. Uh, in 2014, we had Jordan Carter and Danny Thorpe dialing up to 80, 90 innings. And then in 16, we had uh, freshmen Timmy Brennan and Lucas Rollins, both in the 80s. Um, and so when you have guys like that, it, it, it provides a, a, a confidence and a stability with the defense. They know what to expect. The outings are consistent. Those guys all through very well. And that's a huge part of having a successful team. Um, this group, I think I will say, is, is that right now our Friday starter is going to be uh, Don Pacone, who transferred in. Um, and he's, he's really, really, uh, his secondary stuff has really really come along and he's got good velo and he knows what he wants to do and we're excited that he's he's here and and is certainly going to be a, a big part of this pitching staff um, I think Will McCausland who's a freshman uh, yeah he's a freshman we've had freshmen pitch before but I think Will is going to have a great year um, he's very disciplined with his work he knows what he wants to do uh, he's got terrific off-speed stuff his velocity solid uh, he spots up so those two guys for sure after that, we've got a handful of guys that can go either start or long relief. And I would say, you know, in that group, we've got um, David Osick, Mike Piccolo, um, Pete Gallo, who's kind of right now, whether he starts or is a long relief, but um, he's had a, a, a great summer and a good, uh, good preseason, Luke Gabrish. Um, and then we've got freshman left-hander Ryan DeSanto, and then I think, obviously, McShane, who's been coming back, uh, he, he will be ready to go here in a couple weeks. But, I mean, he certainly, I know he was big for us out of the pen, whether it's the same role or whether he jumps into a starting role. All of those guys are going to be ready to go. They're all working up to uh, the possibility of starting. But if not, they're going to be in the long relief role. Uh, you know, Mike Falco is in there. Uh, he'll be in long relief, not a starter. But, I mean, right there alone, that gives us, I think, I think that's eight, eight or nine guys, um, you know, that give us plenty of options. Um, and, and so we'd love to be in a position where, as we get going through the season, we have a solid midweek starter uh, because that's only going to help us be prepared for, for a run in the tournament. To the bullpen. You know, you, you, you mentioned long relief. A lot of times people think of that as, as, as mop-up duty, but more in the modern game, you know, if your starter is giving you five innings, you need somebody to come bridge that gap. And we've seen it at the major league level. We see it in college. So, so those guys are, are very important pieces. And, and to have that sort of versatility, uh, do you see any of those guys or anyone in particular being more of a, a focus at the back end? Or do you think it's, you know what, we've got, a couple of lefties coming up the, the last two innings, throwing a lefty out there. Is it, is it going to be, you know, closer by committee, so to speak? 
No, I think I think we've got guys too. As I mentioned, uh, you know, last year we had kind of a a one A group, uh, which followed our starters consistently, consistently, and that included Matt McShane, Mike Falco, and Nick Torres last year. Uh, and at times we we'd bring in Ryan Devine as a, as a stopper, and he might go a little bit longer. Um, you know, he he ended up being our closer along with um, uh, Alec Rodriguez last year. So. You know, but we've got guys too that that we're going to be in position for short relief. Now, maybe it's only an inning, um, but we've got you know Luke Zimmerman's coming back, and where his role turns out to be, not sure. But Luke has had a fair amount of success on the mound, uh, a true gamer, and 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 obviously as a left-hander that helps quite a bit. Um, got Noah Tincher, who was redshirted last year, who's a, who's a lefty with some really good stuff, and then we've got Pat Shearer. Uh, back, you know, and he's having a really good, uh, good preseason. Frank Saccone is a freshman. Uh, we've got Nick Embleton back. We've got Ryan Basarab, who who is kind of in the mix. So we've got a lot of guys in there. And then Drew DeSanto, we've got a lot of guys that are kind of uh, in that position where they could go uh, one inning really good and have success to help us bridge to get to. Alec Rodriguez and Cole Stetzer, who I think we see on the back end right now. Um, you know, there could be another guy back there as well as a stopper. But I, I think overall, um, you know, the pitching is really deep and, and we've got a lot of experience there. So um, I know, you know, obviously we've got a couple guys out, Luke Smith being one of them who pitched a lot of innings uh, for us last year. And, um, and you know, we graduated, obviously, um, Ian McColl, but... I think overall, you know, some of these guys I think are going to surprise surprise some people. Well, the schedule you guys have uh, r- right out of the gate, so, so, uh, some big names. You're heading to Duke to start the season. Uh, Rutgers had an incredible year last year in the Big Ten. Uh, Old Dominion, the team that you guys have played before. All of that before you even get to play at home. So let's let's talk about that schedule. Uh, how fired up is everybody to go down and, and play Duke? You're going to play at the Durham Bulls Park. Everybody's familiar with that. So, so, so what, what are you expecting that experience to be like for the guys? Well, we're going down there expecting to win. I can tell you that. And, um, you know, this group is, is hungry. They're gritty. They're ready to roll. Um, they have a lot to prove. We all have a lot to prove. Um, you know, obviously Duke is uh, in the ACC, so they're a very solid program. Um, you know, they graduated a lot, but, you know, when you're a program like that, you can replace uh, guys that move on with really good players. So, um, and, and the opportunity to play in a AAA park is really cool. I mean, it's, um, it, it's a, a really neat stadium. We were fortunate enough to play North Carolina Central back in 2020 before the season uh, was cut short, uh, which is where Bull Durham was filmed. So, uh, now we're getting to see the AAA field and and our ballpark and everybody that I've talked to said it's a it's a terrific park. Uh, they've had the ACC tournament there, so that that adds to the weekend. So we're we're obviously very excited to get going. Uh, Rutgers last year, big turnaround. I mean, they're they're a really solid solid club, uh, strong physical, uh, just play really well. So I like I like the midweek challenge early on. Uh, we go then to Old Dominion, who was uh, a terrific team last year, really strong. And, um, you know, they've done a great job. So, yeah, we, we're going to be tested right out of the gates. Um, you know, and then we come we come home and, um, you know, UMass Lowell, they return a ton of guys. It's, 
it's their their oldest and and probably strongest team that they've had. So that's going to be a hefty test. And we've got Iona and and Maine coming in uh, through the month of March. So we've got some nice home weekends uh, along with a trip down to play Notre Dame during spring break. Um, you know that that came about with uh, VCU's coach Sean Stifler going to Notre Dame last summer. And they were in the area, so it worked out. So we're excited to go down to Holly Springs and 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 play at uh, uh, Ting Park in uh, in Holly Springs, which is where Brett and uh, Brett Callahan and Alec Rodriguez played down there this summer uh, in the Coastal Plains League. So beautiful park, and uh, we're excited to play Notre Dame. We played them, I think it was 2018, and had two real exciting games. I remember the last one, uh, Dom Cucci hit a a big walk off home run. Um, to, you know, for us to win both games of the series. And uh, so we're excited to play them. And they were in the, in the College World Series last year. So, you know, it's uh, it's definitely got some teeth to it, but wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity to prepare us um, as we go into the Liberty Bell Series as well as, as our conference, uh, conference schedule. So when you guys are in Durham, uh, if somebody hits the bull, does everyone win stake or is it just the one guy, do you think? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to say that maybe in the uh, in the pro game that works that way, but I, I don't think that's going to happen with us. But I'd be excited if one of our guys hits it for sure. You uh, you mentioned uh, the series with Notre Dame in 2018, Dom Cucci's walk-off home run. Do you remember who he hit that off of? I do. Uh, he, he hit it off of Verling, who was uh, with the Phillies this last year. Yep. That, that, that has been a, <laughs> a point of conversation for sure. So, uh, But, yeah, it was exciting. I mean, he was obviously a very dynamic player, two-way guy back then. And uh, um, as if I recall correctly, we were down 4 nothing going into the last inning. Or I think it was 4 nothing. It may have been 4-2, but we ended up winning, I think, 6-4. And uh, it was a real exciting, obviously, a really exciting game, and we came home after that game, uh, on spring, you know, from spring break. So it was a, it was a really cool win for sure. I may or may not have mentioned that to, to anybody in the room every time Matt Vierling <laughs> came to the plate. <laughs> yeah. When you get into conference play, you're making a trip to Richmond, and because of the, the COVID shutdown in 2020 and the, the the scheduling after that, first trip to Richmond in a long time to to, to play to play Richmond. You, you guys play VCU. But first time uh, at, at at that ballpark, obviously a big hitter's ballpark, uh, you're going to host VCU the following week, so you get those schools out of the way. But heading out to St. Louis, also heading to Dayton and George Mason while hosting UMass and Fordham in Rhode Island. Talk to us about how, how you think the conference schedule shapes up and maybe how the conference shapes up in general. You mentioned Sean Stifler leaving VCU, heading to Notre Dame, so new coach down with the team that has won the league championship last year. So what what kind of uh, I'll say what kind of of thought do you have towards how things might shake out in the Atlantic Ten and and where the Hawks places and at the uh, preseason poll came out picked middle of the pack obviously a little bit of motivation maybe uh, when the guys see that sort of thing but uh, w- what's your take on the Atlantic Ten this year? Uh, you know I think our conference is very interesting because we're so geographically spread out. Um, and, and I think a lot of schools, I don't want to say they don't recruit. They, so there's plenty of schools that recruit nationally, but I think in large part there's there's plenty of guys that we don't necessarily know about, um, you know, before we, we start, you know, watching our, our scouting software uh, about guys. And we obviously know enough about everybody once we get into the season because of uh, what we can learn about them in the preseason. Um, but I, I – 
I feel like the Atlantic 10, the parity in the league is really, it's what makes the league really exciting. And, uh, you know, VCU has been a really good program. Um, You know, they've won the the conference championship, you know, in the last, since they've been in the league um, more than anybody. Um, but yeah, they, they, they lost some players and they knew how they have a new coaching staff. So I'm sure that they're just going to take them a little time to, to get themselves into rhythm, but I expect them to be a strong club. Uh, I, I, as you indicated, it is interesting. I mean, we have not been to Richmond or St. Louis since 2016. And I remember earlier, I mean, we've had some movement within the conference and teams going in and out. So, so schedules change and it's been interesting how, you know, I think the last time we did play Richmond here in 17, and that was the last time we played them. And uh, they obviously had a really nice run in the tournament last year, So, and they return a lot, so they're going to be a, a strong team. And, and um, St. Louis is, you know, always in the mix. Uh, they're very consistent. Um, you know, so I, I think from that standpoint, I mean, we miss GW, we miss St. Bonaventure, and we miss Davidson this year. Um, but regardless um, – you know, as you indicated, uh, you know, the preseason poll has us picked in the middle of the pack. Uh, I don't think, honestly, any of us uh, really care about that. It's not how you, you start, it's how you finish. Um, and and so we've got a competitive conference schedule. Uh, we've got a good bit of traveling. I think Dayton, you know, we've got to roll out to Dayton. And and uh, although they, had, they were a little bit down last year uh, in terms of not making the tournament, they've been a consistent program in URI. So... You know, it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a gritty schedule for sure, and uh, we have a lot to prove, and we're excited that we get this opportunity to do that. I think our players are um, the work that they've put in. Uh, I've been incredibly impressed with how hard our group has worked and how much they're they're wanting to learn and wanting to win. And uh, um, you know, this group has really has really kind of I don't want to say opened our eyes, but shown a lot of encouragement that way that. Um, with some of the changes that we had, I think we feel pretty good about going into the season. And, and you know, we're, we're looking there to, to do one thing, and that's to win it. Another exciting opportunity that comes around every year that you don't quite take for granted is the uh, Liberty Bell Classic. You're going to open up at Delaware on March 28th. A win there means that the game at Smithson Field a week later against Lafayette or Penn will be a semifinal championship game at Citizens Bank Park on April 18th. How much of a, a carrot is that? You know, you talked about playing in a AAA park to start the season. That's a major league ballpark, and it's there every year, and it's an opportunity every year to to get that. And it's been a little while since the Hawks have made the final. So how, how much of that, and obviously it's a midweek situation, your priority at that point in the year is on your conference games, but how much does that serve as as maybe like a 1A at that point? Like, hey, this is an opportunity. You know, like I said, don't take this for granted. Go out there and get it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those things where you know several of these several of our players have played uh, in the Carpenter Cup uh, down at the stadium, so they've had that experience. I, I think honestly, when you're playing playing in the Liberty Bell Championship with your team uh, under the lights, it, it adds a whole different feel to it. Um, I, we're challenged because we haven't been there. Uh, we haven't been there since 2016. We had a run in 12, 14, and 16 where we won it. Uh, and it's kind of like the conference tournament. Um, you know, when you're there, you know what to expect and how to get there. When you haven't gotten there, then you've got to find your way and, and, and navigate a way to get there. And, and recently, we haven't done that. And um, it's obviously a big deal for us because we want to be the best team, you know, uh, 
in that tournament. And I think it's terrific that the Phillies put that on. Um, you know, the opportunities that we've had when we've been down there have been great, and we've won it each time we've been there. And so it's we we highlight that that uh, those midweek games in a big way. But as you indicated, sometimes it's it's you know with with pitching and things like that, and and also too, there are games that you're trying to uh, give guys that haven't played as much opportunities, and then we get in those games, and it's like a weekend game. So. Um, you know, but it's it's really important for sure. And um, you know, we we def you know, without a doubt, want to get back there and have an opportunity to win the thing again. I'm, I miss having that trophy in the office. It's <laughs> it's really cool and uh, ringing the little bell. Yeah, yeah and, you know, it was yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'd love to have that bell back in the office. Well, we talk about a couple of different championships you guys will compete in this year, but at the end of the year, maybe maybe not results based. Obviously, the goal win the A-10, win the Liberty Bell, go out there every day and play to win. But w- when you look back at a season, how will you define a successful season, maybe with some of the the non-results-based aspects to it? Is there a, a, a growth element? Is there a development element? Is there something that, that you, you will look back and say, you know what, 2023 was a good one? I think uh, each year, um, each year you, you, you'll hit – points in the season where you're going to hit some adversity. Um, and I think success for us is defined by how we handle those situations. And, you know, some years we haven't bounced back as well. Other years we have. Um, you know, obviously success can be defined by winning a championship. Um, but I, I, as you indicated, there's a lot that goes into the season. So um, how much synergy we have as a group, uh, how tight we stay, certainly makes the season feel either great, just okay, or not good. And um, so we have, you know, success will be defined by, yes, our wins and loss record, uh, but it'll also be defined by, you know, those key moments that we have um, where, you know, we celebrate the victories and when, when we're struggling a little bit that we stay together, we fight together, you know, we're, we're one family uh, pushing for one goal. And, um, you know, that, that, you know, I think a lot of teams refer to themselves as a family, and we certainly are one of them. And uh, how close we are as, as brothers and, and, you know, connected, we stay through the year, I feel like, at the end of the year. Um, really, will the, the feeling that we get when we walk off the field for the final time is um, – you know, each year is kind of different, and you're right. I mean, it's there are years that we may haven't won it, but we know that we had a lot of success. And I think in a tournament, it's like anything. You, things have to line up. You, you've got to get some luck. You've, you've got to play well. Um, there's a lot of, that goes into it. And, and, yes, I mean, there's only one team standing, but um, and everybody wants to win it. But not winning it doesn't mean you, you, you failed. And um, so – that's what we're working at each and every day with our group. And uh, like I said, we're excited with this group. They're really tight. Um, they're enthusiastic. They've got great energy. And um, how we carry that through the season will will determine how, how much success we have. Well, the journey starts on Friday afternoon. The Hawks will take on Duke Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Home opener for SJU Baseball Friday, March 10th, 2 o'clock p.m. at Smithson Field. Coach, thanks for joining us. Good luck on Friday. And, of course, good luck the rest of the way. All right, Joe. Thanks a lot. Go Hawks. That was St. Joseph's baseball head coach, Fritz Hamburg. Our thanks to him for stopping by, and our thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time on the Coach's Corner Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe to the Kettle Club Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the TuneIn app. You can also find us at sguhawks.com slash podcasts.